Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Come, walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan, where we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. special guest for you this evening. We have on Natalie, who is actually our editor here in the caravan. Hey, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for you to be here. This is definitely going to be a different episode. Uh, I've actually known Natalie since I was about 19, and instead of doing any kind of call-in or anything, we're actually here together in person. So it's going to be definitely different. It's going to be interesting, for sure, because I can see your face, and then... <laughs> and that's the worst part, is because I'm such a laugher, and a lot of the times, which a lot of you know, especially the people that talk to me, I'll always say that I get so nervous during interviews because you're supposed to be quiet, right? And then when you have those moments where it's like, hey, you're not supposed to laugh, you're not supposed to laugh, it... <laughs> I, oh, it sets me off, terrible. Which and, then sets me off. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is going to be fun editing. Oh, yeah. No, that's for sure. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I want to jump right into The Howl of the Rougarou. This is a recent film by Small Town Monsters that has absolutely blown me away. I've had Natalie over this evening so we could do a, a preview of it. You know, it's been an honor to watch Small Town Monsters develop through the years. I remember watching his documentary on the Mothman, and I remember being moved to tears when I watched that. And then my next favorite one is The Beast of Bray Road. And that one, I mean, I was so excited. There were so many elements in it that just made me feel like a kid again, where you have that spooky, scary feeling right before Halloween, you know, and... It was just amazing. Well, this one, for me, blew it out of the water. The way that Lyle Blackburn just, the way he narrates it, the way he brings you in, the way the story is told, the drawings in the beginning, the vibrant, and gosh, I... Yeah, 
that's what caught my attention right away. You know, it was very much right off the bat. And I don't recall seeing anything like that in anything I've ever watched. So it just, it had my attention immediately. And the story that was being told on top of it, I was excited when Lady Anne had told me, you know, hey, let's go ahead and watch this and then we'll review it. And I was already excited. I didn't have any clue what I was going to be watching. I was blown away. This was your first Small Town Monsters film, huh? It was. And (laughs) it did not disappoint. And I just want to give a shout out to Small Town Monsters. That was awesome. Yeah. There was no part about that documentary that I did not enjoy. And I'm definitely going to go back and and look at (laughs) some of the others. In the story, I had no idea It was very well put together and very well told. Yeah. Like I said, there was so much beauty from the very beginning to the very end. The way that it was narrated. Yes. What was written. The way that they told their stories. Seth really, truly honored the people from that area. The people that told the stories. I mean, really, it's, it's, I gotta be honest, it's kind of hard to give a review because I'm in awe. Same. So it's it really does have me speechless. I do plan on updating the blog. I agree completely. I'm still... It's hard to put it into words. Like I said, the story was just beautiful. Seth did an awesome job on it. And I'm still in awe and blown away from the beginning. The way they did the writing on the wall and they told the story that way. It was just enamoring. Right. And it's hard. It's hard because there's certain things that I'd like to say, but I don't... Like, when you came over, you were like, so what is this about? And I was just like, well, a werewolf in Louisiana. That is all I said that it was. I did not go into any detail or anything because I wanted you to experience the story for the very first time like I did. Because when I found out that they were doing this film, I was so excited and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let them tell me the story. I didn't research anything. I had never heard of this before I found out that they were doing this film. I've heard about Dogman. I've heard about the Beast of Bray Road and all of that kind of stuff. But this, this was something completely different. And so I was like, I'm just going to watch the movie and experience it for the first time. And it was so awe-inspiring from doing that that I didn't want to tell you about it because I wanted you to have that reaction too. And I'm glad. I'm so glad that I didn't pressure you into telling me. Yeah, no, I felt bad. I felt really bad because you're sitting there and you're like, well, what is it about? And I was just like, werewolves, Louisiana. There you go. (laughs) No, but I am glad that you didn't tell me about it because I came into it with an open mind always, but I did not expect to be blown away like that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, you know, you hear about Sasquatch, you've Mm -hmm. got the Yeti, they call Mm -hmm. him the Skunk Man, and there's so many different names, but this gave a whole new, not only perspective, but it gave different cultures and the stories that go along with the cultures, and it was just, I felt like I was in a history class. Yeah. A cool one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the people of Louisiana, they're going to be proud Yeah. To have been honored in such an amazing way. Big, big shout out to Small Town Monsters. (laughs) It was amazing. Good job. Yes, yes. So this episode of The Caravan here tonight, 
is one that I've been waiting to do for quite some time. There are not a lot of people that I've been able to have on here. I mean, I've had my sister on. We talked about vampires and werewolves. I was able to have Laura, a longtime friend of the family, and she had the Mount Shasta episode. She actually went there with my dad. But I don't have many other people from my past, from growing up, from being a kid, from being in the healing group where they have been there with me and had experiences or a part of my history like you are and definitely had some significant encounters. That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's true. We've had a lot of significant happenings and it was really interesting because back in the day when I was doing healing group, one of the very first things that I was learning was learning how to work with energy. I was getting ready for my first couple Reiki attunements, Reiki 1 and Reiki 2. I think by this point I had my Reiki 1 attunement uh -huh. when you called me. And then by that point, who I was working with, she was teaching me how to channel and she was also teaching me how to cleanse houses. So she took me to a couple houses, walked in, and she asked me, okay, what do you feel? What do you see? Was kind of trying to teach me discernment. And this was... Let's see, I started going to healing group at 15. By this point, I was probably about 17. You and I met at 19. Yes. How did we cross the line into being normal people that understood and accepted that we were both totally weird? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I remember we worked together. That's how we met initially. You sat behind me. And it was like the the first day. <laughs> yeah, the first day we kind of found out that we were weird. Yeah. More so than I was. Yeah. <laughs> and it was crazy because you sat behind me and I just kept having this feeling like to turn around. And I know that sounds weird, but it's almost as if I was, I had to talk to you right. and I didn't know why. And it just kind of went from there. You know, we hit it off pretty quickly and right away. And we became close, you know, in such a short amount of time. It wasn't too long after. And I don't remember how it happened. Oh, wait a second. Okay, okay. So here's the I, something I remember. So you were already pregnant with your second child. Yes. I, one day, I don't, I don't remember how long it was after we initially met each other, we were still in, in training in class. Yes. And I got, <laughs> I got I so you, sick. Yes. I told you you were <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> I guess I'm sitting there and I went as white as a sheet and I just darted out of the room and I had come back and I had no idea what was wrong with me. And she was just like, well, you're pregnant. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> hit it off from there. Yes, I remember now. That's when it all started. Right. Now, but I don't remember how you got into the situation you ended up in. At what point did I have my first child or was I still pregnant when I came over? I don't remember. Oh gosh. I believe that you were pregnant still. I think I, I think honestly, so. it was so long ago. I can't remember. Because you didn't have a baby with you. Right. So I believe it was still in the early stages of your pregnancy. I don't remember exactly how it came about, but I knew that I was having a lot of really scary experiences at my house. 
And at the time, my son was two years old, almost three. He was scared to death in his room. So we always slept in my room. And even my room didn't feel that great. But it did feel like the safest place in the house. My son's room had a had two closets. It had the main closet. And then behind the door, there was like a smaller closet that was up off the floor. And he told me that he was scared to death of that closet. So there was many things that were happening. I was desperate for help, but I didn't know how to go about it because I had went as far as going to a church and asking a preacher for help. And the preacher ended up telling me that I was in more or less words crazy because ghosts are real, but they can't hurt you. They can't touch you. I was being touched. I remember feeling a little tiny hand on my back start from the nape of my neck to go down toward the middle of my back. At night, I would feel something touch my leg, nothing around. And so, yeah, and I was desperate for help because it didn't seem like I was getting any and I didn't know what to do. So for some reason, I felt like I could come to you and talk to you about it. And I believe that that's how it started. And then I just made you possessed and you've been weird ever since. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> oh, man. I remember you coming to me, and I remember feeling, at this point, I couldn't communicate what I was doing outside of my group. A lot of people were asking me, well, what is Reiki? What do you mean you're working with energy? And a lot of people were very, very religious, and I'm not trying to be rude here, but this particular person viewed me, and they still to this day call me a seer, to the point where they were saying that even if I meditated that I was letting the devil in. Yes, I remember that. And again, I yeah. I don't knock anybody for their beliefs. I do remember and I recall everything that happened with this person and I do remember that. That was rough. I was so, a pill. I was a pill though cuz like later on <laughs> I I dressed up as the devil, horns and a tail and all the next time I saw that person. <laughs> Yeah. It was deserved. It... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, how can you not? So I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so at that point, it meant a lot to have somebody outside of healing group that I could actually talk to. Somebody that was actually my age. I was the youngest person in healing group. Everybody else was born around 1950. Mm -hmm. I was born in 86. So everybody was much older than me. I mean, I loved it because I love to be the student. I get excited. If I am the least educated person in the room, I'm so excited because that means that I get to sponge in so much information and so much brand new knowledge. Yes. So it was so excited to be able to talk to somebody else my age. And the fact that you had presented your case with me. The really cool thing about it was that you were the first person in the first location that I was going to be able to use my knowledge to actually try and see if everything that I had learned, everything that I was practicing, could I put it into a real world situation outside of my safe space? Yes. And it wasn't just like we jumped into it. We were together a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you were at my house all the time. We were going places together. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget the time we went and took photos together. We were pregnant. 
And my son, he was almost three at the time. Both of us, here we are, big bellies. And my son, this little tidy boy, stands in front of us and he puts a hand on my belly and he puts a hand on belly. (laughs) I remember that. Quick side note. (laughs) Right, right. Oh my gosh. But I remember we had a free coupon to where we could get one photo done at this place. And I still have that. God, that was a... (laughs) It was a long time Many ago. Many moons ago. 14 years ago. <laughs> That's insane. Oh. But yeah, so what I was saying was we didn't just jump right into it. We were together a lot and we were going places all the time. You would give me advice, you know, here and there, you know, try this, do mm-hmm. that. You gave me a meditation. It was a very gradual thing. I was definitely at my wits end and I was ready for her to come over and do her thing. I knew that when you came over to do this, that it was going to help. I was still kind of in the beginning stages of changing my beliefs and really coming into myself. It was an amazing experience. Now, what exactly was it for our audience? Okay. What was it that you were having me come and get rid of? (sighs) Well, at first, I... I'll stop you here real quick, just to let you know. I've got some Palo Santo lit. We've got the the who jab going, okay. so you are you are good to go. You are safe. All right. Well, so I'll just ram it in. It was <laughs> <laughs> so it was what you may now know as the Hat Man. Now the layout of my apartment. I honestly have goosebumps talking about it. It was a townhouse, 15, 20 steps to the upstairs. At the top of the stairs, you turn left, and when you're facing that way, the right is my room, and then the left is a hallway with the bathroom in my son's room. I always had my son in my room with me, and I would always see this shadow come to the top of the stairs, And I always knew when it was coming because right about halfway up the stairs, one of the stairs made a certain creak. And when I heard that creak, I knew it was coming. Another thing that gave me an indicator that it was around, I always had digital clocks. Well, I had a digital clock in my room and my son's room. They were both radios. And the craziest thing was, oh boy, (laughs) you've got this. I would hear that static noise, that sound, that frequency static when you're changing the radio station. It would do like a short burst of that. Never in the room I was in. It was always the other room. That was the craziest thing of all is it never did it in the room I was in. Not once. It was always the room that I was not in that I would hear it. And it wasn't quiet. And I will just note for the audience that I always had the volume all the way down. And the radio was off. Like the button was off. But it would still make short bursts of that noise. I've seriously got chills talking about it. I hate talking about this. I know. But it's I it's know. okay. You're doing it's great okay. though. We're in a safe space. Yes, we are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
So when I met Lady Anne, it seemed like that frequency noise was happening more. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm actually remembering it. And this was the breaker that made me talk to you about this. Because I was seeing the shadow more and more. And the clocks were going off. And I swear to you, I would test it out. I would be in my room with my son. And the clock would go off in my son's room. And then I would go to my son's room the next night with him, always together. He never wanted to sleep alone. And I wanted him to feel safe. So we always slept in the same room. But we're in his room. The clock does the noise in my room. Yeah. I knew at that point, you know, I mean, I knew the first couple times it happened that it was intelligent. It was definitely on purpose. But the kicker is I always heard it usually a couple seconds, sometimes a minute after I heard that creak on the step when I knew it was coming up. It was almost like it was letting me know. I wish that I could show you all my arms right now because I have goosebumps and I have chills remembering it. It was honest to God terrifying. See, and this is and just a side note, you know, which I've mentioned on the show before. I am such an advocate for not lying to your children that these things are real. These things can touch you. These things can interact. Yeah. One of the things that I do recall what I was told in Healing Group when I first started this. They said the brighter your light, the more the dark wanted to snuff you out. Mm-hmm. And I was still in the beginning stages of all this. And then all of a sudden you meet me and you've got something that's on the darker end of things. Yes. But not only that, you also were going through your own awakening. Yes. So. You kind of (laughs) kickstarted it for me. (laughs) Yeah. You're welcome for that. Here, get spooked. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're totally right about that because I did grow up in a. Again, I'm not knocking any religion, not knocking anyone for their beliefs. I did grow up in a Christian household. So my family members, they would tell me to, you know, hey, go see a preacher or go talk to this person. And it was no help. This, I was so desperate for help. And the fact that the people that I was brought up to believe could help you with anything were dismissing me and telling me that no ghosts can't touch you. And they just made me feel like I was crazy. I know this is real and I know what was happening and you're trying to tell me something different. So that's kind of what kickstarted me not believing or questioning everything that I grew up believing. Right. So then you and I have a conversation and we set up a time for you to come over. I think it was probably the next day. I know that the reason that we had set it up is I had called you almost in tears. I remember this. And I told you that I saw it again. If I remember right, my son saw something too that scared him. Enough is enough. I really, really need you to help me. I will do anything. You know, I talked to you and I felt better like I always do. And it seemed like the day that I talked to you that night was sleepless because I kept hearing things. It's almost as if it knew you were coming. So you get there the next day and you go upstairs by yourself and you walk around and you get a feel for the place. You pretty much confirmed everything and I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. 
So just to set it up again, the reason I was alone in the house was because you really wanted nothing to do with it. Well, I had went in the house. To the best of my ability, I had done what I was taught, which was going in. I had a Tibetan singing bowl. There was a prayer that I knew in Aramaic that I recited. I called upon the different energies, the Reiki that I was learning. Downstairs was fine. It was when you got on the stairs that stuff changed. And towards the top, within the last five stairs, I remember feeling like dizzy, like I wanted to fall backwards. So I got to the top of the stairs and I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm glad I made it. <laughs> and so I get in there. I went down the hall first to yours on the right. And I remember not feeling a whole lot there. The whole upstairs felt different. It felt like I walked through a curtain and it was a feeling of dizziness. Your room felt empty, but there was just a darkness looming over the whole top. Mm -hmm. But it felt empty. As I was walking into your son's room, in my mind's eye, not with my physical eyes, but in my mind's eye, I saw this large shadow figure. And he had a hat, but the hat that he wore was, it was flat on the top with a flat bill around it. Almost like a fedora type thing. Kind of, yeah. 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 And here back then, we were 19, I had nothing to do with podcasts. I had never heard of the hat man before. I really freaked out once I actually learned about it. The first time I heard about the hat man was from Shannon on uh, Into the Fray Radio. Yeah. And I had no idea about it either. Right. None. Right. I didn't know it was a thing. Right. What was so interesting is at one point I felt like the bullfighter. And yeah. this thing is the bull and it's staring me down. And it's that feeling of, all right, which one of us is going to go? It was the strangest thing because I thought, like, as we've learned from my latest interview on Into the Fair Radio, I'm a very large wiener that... Uh... Woods wiener. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Shannon. <laughs> oh, man. That and... will go down in infamy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it so will. But I was just, I mean, I was scared. I was really scared, but I wasn't as scared as I am now because at that point, I wasn't a mother yet. Right. And after, there is definitely something chemically that happens in the brain after you have kids. And my fear oh, yeah. level has just gone up the, you know, off the roof. So. Yeah. But at the point, I was like, you know what? Just work through this. Because it was very similar to some of the shadow entities that I had encountered in my own house growing up. So I did my thing. Now, the weird thing was, is when it left. It left me with this feeling of... I'm not leaving because you're doing this. I am leaving on my own accord. Mm -hmm. it, so it definitely felt like it was leaving because it was choosing to. Not because I was doing anything, but it was just kind of like this challenge of, I'm going to leave because I choose this. It was like, it'd almost be like somebody just turned the lights on. The darkness was just gone. And, and all of a sudden, I could breathe again when I was in there. Yes. It felt silent. And you're right, my whole apartment changed. The most significant thing, like I could cry thinking Aww. about it because I was so happy. My son, he had gone upstairs to get something. And I'll just say this had never happened before because even, you know, from the time he could talk and walk, he was scared of that room. But he went up there to go grab something and we'd had a long day and we were getting ready to eat dinner. 
but he'd been gone for a little while, so I went upstairs to check on him, and I could have cried when I saw him sprawled out in his bed under the covers. I was just so thankful to you for helping and giving my son and me something that we hadn't had in that apartment. Because from day one, when we were there, it didn't feel right. Right. And then the more time that went on, it just, it got Got worse. worse. You definitely gave me and my son a huge gift. Aww. Well, it means a lot. You know, and it's a gift to me in return as well. Not only that you trusted me to do that. It doesn't matter how many times I experience something, whether a ghost touches me tomorrow and the next day and two years from now, whether it is the fact that I ran energy on somebody that was hurting and all of a sudden they don't feel pain anymore, whether it's somebody's feeling afraid in their house and then I go in and do whatever and it makes them be able to sleep again. It's a gift to know that I have been able to help. It's always going to be this brand new, like, wow, it really worked, or wow, did that really happen? Wow, this stuff is real. This stuff exists. This stuff is... It's never going to stop shocking you. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. And I honestly think, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I know you've been through some crap. I've been through some crap. Oh, yeah. With the supernatural stuff. And we've been through crap together. (laughs) And I think no matter how many times it happens, I agree with you in the sense that it is always going to shock me. Yeah. You finish my thoughts or my (laughs) sentence or I do it for you or you're talking about something and I see something in my head that you haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. Or you see something like the other day when I was talking to you about that crystal I had and you saw that it was blue and I hadn't even mentioned it. No matter how many (laughs) times that happens, it is always going to be a shock. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a... There we go again. Yeah. But it's still, you know what I mean? It but is. it's still a shock every yeah. time. It still gives me the goosebumps oh, and, yeah. when it happens. Which, you know, then that's a gift in itself, too, because you constantly get to play. You know, yeah. it's a constant, yeah. like, as one of my mentors loves to say, joy. You get to constantly be in the state of joy. In yes. the state of yum, as she says. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, and man. if you weren't, it would be boring. I agree with you that it will never yeah. stop shocking. Yeah. Not ever. <laughs> That's for sure. So after coming into the house, not too long after you ended up moving into a new place. My second child was not a year yet, but she was almost a year. Right. At this point, I had moved away. Yeah. So I was living an hour drive away from where we were living to where I had moved. We kept in contact. Uh Uh-huh. And everything was smooth sailing from that point. We both had our children. Mm -hmm. Everything was smooth sailing. There was no more shadow entities, hat man, nothing Mm -hmm. was anything. And my time at healing group had dwindled, unfortunately. And then what ended up happening from there is I had gotten this book that had different meditations in it. Yes. And I was so excited because here Natalie and I were still in contact. It was still somebody that I could talk to when it came to this, you know, woo-woo stuff. That's what you want to call it. And um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. For hours at a time. Yes. 
multiple times a day sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was so excited because I love to experiment. That is one of my big things is I love to experiment. And the set of meditations. The first one takes you into the forest where you are figuring out who your spirit guide is or your animal totem. It's really whatever appears to you. The second meditation, you are actually walking with this being. And you get to have whatever kind of conversations. You get to ask them advice. You get to ask them about whatever. You have some time that you get to spend with them. By the third and final meditation, you are actually entering the Hall of Akashic Records. And you are looking into your past lives. I don't think we got past the first meditation. We did the first two. And we never took you to the final one. Oh, man. No, we didn't. I'm sitting here just like, ooh, we got to do this. I hear another episode coming. Yes. (laughs) No, so, yeah. And it was the first meditation that really did something Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) So... It was very significant because before this, I've always had a very open mind about stuff, you know, even growing up in a Christian household, always had a very open mind about everything. So I was never opposed to the idea. I had just never done it. In talking with Lady Anne and getting to know her more, I became more interested in this stuff. It started with laying in bed and I would start to see, and this has happened all my life. I would see these lights, these swirls, and sometimes the swirls would come into each other, but they were always different colors. And so when I talked to her about this meditation, I don't know if it had sparked something, but the night that I talked to her about it, I knew that this was something that I was supposed to do. You just get those feelings where you can't explain it, but you just know. That night when I went to lay down, the colors and the swirls were so vibrant. It was almost like they were pulsating. So then we get to the next day and she's guiding me through this meditation over the phone. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I will say really quick that as soon as I found out that you were even slightly open to meditation... Boom. I'm like, oh, oh it was we on. gotta do this. It was on. <laughs> yeah. And I he- was her guinea pig. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true because you are the very first person that I ever ran through a guided meditation. The very first. I was her first guinea pig. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Gosh. So, yeah, it was, I remember my son, he always took a nap during the day, and depending on if I woke him up or not, he would sleep for at least an hour, hour and a half, sometimes a couple hours if he'd had a busy morning. So it was during the time when he was taking his nap, he was upstairs, I laid on my floor to do this meditation. And it started with walking through the forest and then coming to a clearing. And the clearing could be subjective. It could have been a meadow or it could have just been an opening of grass or weed or hay or something. So I saw a meadow with every color flower you could think of. Some flowers like orchids and daisies, flowers that would not go together, (laughs) every sort of flower. And I remember the most significant one was a pink orchid. And it was the craziest thing. 
So then the meditation has you stop and feel your surroundings and really look at what is around you. At the other side of the meadow, there's a forest. You see somebody come out. And the person that I saw come out was a Native American. I'll back up just a little bit. My mom and I had figured out that she had a Native American spirit guide. This Native American spirit guide of hers, we think, was her husband in a past life. But that's kind of what we came down to. His name is Riken. It's funny how that happened because I kept hearing this weird name in my head every time that my mom and I would talk about it. And when I said the name out loud, my mom stopped dead in her tracks. She was cutting carrots. Oh! (laughs) She, (laughs) She stopped dead in her tracks and she looked at me and she said, what did you say? And I said the name again. And she started crying. Aww. She said that she had heard that name in her dream repeatedly Whoa. while seeing a Native American. I've got the goosebumps yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's how we knew that this was her spirit guide. This is the person that I saw in the meditation. It was crystal clear. He had the traditional feather, long headdress, two lines of black under his eye and one line of white from his forehead to his nose. And I don't know if that's significant or what it means. I'm sure it does, but I've never seen it anywhere before. He comes out and I am standing there. Lady Anne is still on the phone with me and she was quiet. All I recall was him walking up to me very slowly with the biggest smile on his face. Like his entire being was glowing and the white teeth just made him glow more when he smiled. And it was so amazing. And the entire time I felt like I was floating. I felt a kind of peace and love I've never felt before with anything I remember I hugged him, and when he embraced me, the feeling of peace and love just became so strong. I remember in my meditation, I could see myself crying, but I could also feel the warm tears coming down my cheeks at the same time. Conscious was aware of that. The second one was also very significant. It started out kind of doing the same thing, and Riken came again. And it was the same scenario, only Bryken and I started walking. It was a meditation where you could ask one question and they would answer it. I asked him, what is my purpose here? And the only thing that he said was he stopped. He made me face him and he had his hands on my shoulders. I'm getting the goosebumps again as I'm talking. (laughs) He looked me dead in the eyes, smiled, and he said to teach. And then it was like the meditation was over. I didn't pull myself out of it. It just stopped. I'll never forget that. I haven't really figured out exactly what it meant yet, but it could be for later. I also have you to thank for that because that's what started me down the path of everything I do now. That's where it started. That was the pivotal point for me. Wow. I remember being on the phone for the first one, and I remember I could feel at the same time that emotion, that power, that significance, and 
the second one, it was more personal for you. So yes. it was given to you. And then it, it was so interesting. There are a lot of things that have happened in my own life where it's kind of like you shelf it. Yes. You shelf it for later until you're really ready. Mm -hmm. You know, I was on the path of getting my Reiki. So I had my first one at 17, my second one at 19. So I didn't get my third one until I was about 25. And I still have the book, so we can definitely give that a shot and see. Yes, I would love to. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I would cool. love to, because I, like I said, I'm open to everything. I have been working on delving into some of my past lives. Yeah, we definitely want to run you through the third meditation. Yes. Definitely see how that goes. Yeah. The success of the first two, I would definitely like to do that third one. No, and that makes me excited. I mean, you know me. I I geek out on this. <laughs> I geek out on this, but it really does mean a lot to uh, get to be there for these significant times in your life and to know that I was able to help because it was hard walking this path and talking about this. And I mean, it took me a long time before I could even own saying, hey... I'm a Reiki master, or I channel things, or I do this, or I do that. I mean, literally, it's recent, within the last, since 2018 or whatever. Yeah. So, it's huge to be able to just, to be a part of that, you know, and to know that what I'm doing is good. To know what I'm doing actually works, or does something, or yes. has a significant effect on somebody else, it's And huge. you do. You're valid. You know, you so are. What you do is amazing, and it is such an honor not to be mushy on air for everybody <laughs> in the world to hear. Okay, but... guys, we're getting a little gross. Not, Sorry. Not that <laughs> gross. <laughs> but no, it, it's just, it's an honor to be in your life and part of this stuff, and I am glad you're a part of mine. I was beyond thrilled to, because we lost touch for a little while. Life just happens and moving happened and my divorce and everything like that. So we lost touch for a little while. And it did take me a while to find her again. So once I did, man, so, so beyond excited. And we picked up right where we left off. And man, we've gone on some adventures. Oh, man. <laughs> we always do pick up right where we left off. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. You don't find many people like that. You're one of two people in my life that I can do that with. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, we have definitely gone on some crazy oh, yeah. adventures together. Oh, yeah. No, and, that, and that's been something that's just been incredible. You know, now we have more direction. Like, having the caravan and doing the research that I've done at this point and seeing what everybody else is presenting opens so many doors. We've been on a couple of Randonautica adventures the only thing I'll say that was really significant that I recall is, you know, we have a trip that we are going on in July of 2022. We are going to Ireland, and it's been an incredible process because this trip is being put on by someone else, but there are enough spots that I was able to contact people and be like, hey, what do you think of this? And everybody that I contacted had a very significant energy in regards to going to Ireland. Like, I could see them there, and it almost feels like we have a past life there. Yes. Every one of them said yes. For the record, she was on, like, an absolute mission, and there was no stopping her. <laughs> There, there was no saying, no, I can't go. 
It's so true, though. It's so true. But then later on, Randonautica, thank you very much, confirmed why you shouldn't have said yes. no. I remember pulling into a driveway. This was it, our first one, too. It was. Our first coordinates. It was. And it wasn't that far from where we started. So, you know, we went down a driveway and it was, it looked like a private residence with a <laughs> farmland behind it. And, and we would have had to walk to the middle of the field. We did not go. So I turned the car around and we're pulling out and Lady Anne saw it. I did not because I was looking for cars. There was a mailbox, green yep. mailbox that said Ireland on it. Yeah. Nope. Just that word. So yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was incredible to see Ireland right there. This is right after we have, all right, we're going to go, we're going to do this. And we'd been talking about yeah. Ireland on the way there. Yeah. You know, to the location. That was the craziest thing of all. So yeah. I forgot the next location. It was all the thistles. It said something about Scotland Yard there. I know it's not Ireland, but yeah, it, it, yeah, still, it did. It did. It did. And it that did. was insane. Like, that was insane. <laughs> I Talk about that. Confirmation. Just like, all right, we're doing it. This is what we are meant to do. And then everything else that happened was just really random and weird. Really weird. Couple creepy things, but no, that's for sure. From doing the randonautica thing, I was so excited to have somebody in person to do stuff with. And because Oregon is such a small amount of people, and so it was just amazing. She's ready to go on adventures. Her schedule is just like my schedule. So, boom, we're able to go. And we were talking about these episodes and stuff, too, because I really wanted to get more episodes out there. But editing can take quite some time. Man, she stepped up to the plate. And she was just... <laughs> Let me do it. And I was like, shoot, are you serious? Are you sure? And uh, and she's done incredible on these editing these last several episodes that have aired. Thank you. It, and I'll just say it has been so fun. <laughs> it really has. I love it. See, right. And it's one of those things where for me, it's like, I don't mind editing. Can I do it? Yes, I can. But I am such a... You're busy. Well, I am You're busy. You're always doing something. So it's true. I'm such a squirrel that... One minute I could be researching mill labs, which is something brand new that I just learned about. Something about the military and alien abductions, but it's the military abducting you. Super crazy stuff. I don't even know about it yet. I'm sure that somebody will correct me because so far that's my understanding. I literally just looked it up today. Then, as you know, I had four sleepless nights because I was diving into consciousness. and yes. and bending silverware. <laughs> no, but it's like... I Quantum physics. That's right. <laughs> but we could. That was the yes. crazy thing. Like, I'm going to try not to get started here. But like, I know. I was there. I know. And, <laughs> but that was the thing. Like, there's this video and that somebody showed me, and it's how you can bend a spoon... And literally, you can put yourself in this meditative state. And I, of course, it was just me at the time. And I'm holding it and I'm feeling the spoon literally become moldable. And I'm just like, my mind is blown, right? So then Natalie shows up 
And I'm like, dude, you gotta check this out. And da 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 da. And I hand her one of my forks. <laughs> Literally, that's how it happened. She just hands me a fork. Oh man, she wasn't even like all the way in the door yet before I'm just like, here, have this fork and check this out. <laughs> and, and and man, she did it. And I'm telling you, I was not wrong. That freaked me out. It really did. <laughs> so I'll just go on record and say she doesn't only hold the world record for Woods Wiener, but, <laughs> but she's like a female mad scientist, <laughs> like full on Dexter, Einstein, Darwin, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> that blew my mind. And I was not in a place to really receive that. Like, I was not <laughs> feeling good. I had just gotten off work. I was tired. Yeah. But I did it. Yeah. And I was, oh my gosh, I don't have words. Yeah. It's... I don't have words. Like, I had to throw the spoon down because it freaked me out. And then my hands did this weird thing that they do sometimes when there's a lot of energy around. When I get like an overload of energy and I don't have anywhere to put it, mm -hmm. my hands will tingle. And when I put the fork down, no, I, when I threw the fork down on the table, because <laughs> it freaked me out, my hands were just like, I was like, oh my God, give me your animal so I can release yeah, some runs. of this energy. It was crazy. Yeah. Gosh, the, the mind is such. Oh, it's so powerful. Yeah. It yeah, and to insane. think we don't even use the 100% oh, of our brain. Yeah, that's mind-blowing. That's insane to think about because if we really practice a lot of our skills, you know, and I'm going to get off on a tangent here and I got to try to, what is that, <laughs> rein myself in <laughs> because I do. I have so many different topics that I just really drive down those rabbit holes. I No parachute. I just go... And, and so, and that's why I, I need an editor because once I do an episode, like I'm so super stoked every time we finish an episode that I'm now raring to either take off and look deeper into the subject that I was just talking about with this other person, or it has sparked a brand new road that I'm just like, oh man, I gotta go check this out. And then I gotta go check this out. And then, and then it's Dexter. <laughs> And then it's Darwin all over again. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. It's Mad Scientist and where you just, I mean. With no sleep and lots of oh, yeah. imported coffee. Oh, yeah. No, like I will literally just get three hours of sleep each night when I'm really on to something. And it'll last for days to the point where like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know my gosh. this. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you've seen it firsthand. Yes. It's pretty bad. So trying to reel it back in, okay. Thank goodness for you to be the editor now so we can pump these out and so I can keep the creativity and the research going. And it also allows me to have all these... They might not be that bright of an idea, <laughs> but these... These... Wait for it. <laughs> magnificent ideas of going out and doing things we probably shouldn't. Such as going and chasing alien shadow monsters at your folks' house in the middle of the night by ourselves. Literally exactly how she described it. <laughs> you know, it was a great idea at the time. At the time. 
Yeah, I mean, brilliant. Until it wasn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a recent uh, experience that we had. A few weeks ago. Yeah, a few weeks ago. And it was not planned. It was very random and just yeah. out of the blue. and Right. Because it was, man, there's so much happening and there's these all these different experiences and I'm wanting to go on investigations. So I'm wanting to get out there and really talk to stuff and use these yeah. skills that I'm learning about. Well, and I'll, I'll also say that we also wanted to do it because it was my folks. Yeah. It was personal to me. And you've met my parents. You know mm-hmm. my parents. And they love you. So I think on some level it was personal to you too. It was. Because I didn't realize... At this point, I had already made the decision that I wanted to go out and investigate stuff. I didn't Mm -hmm. know what, and I didn't know where. And then that's when you presented the idea of your folks' house. That was when we had talked to your mom, and you had updated her on, you know, we were doing and everything. Yeah. And then she was like, well, if you guys want to come out here, I just had this happen last night. And you can recount your mom's experience that she had had the night before we went out. have to backtrack. Natalie's never experienced anybody doing the Estes method before. I have two dolls. One is Robert, which is little Robert from the museum there in Florida. And the other one was this haunted lily doll. I never really felt too much energy from these dolls before. Heather and I went live. At one point, we tried to have the EMF reader and everything, and nothing ever really happened. Nothing went off. So I've slowly gathered my tools, and I have more stuff, and I had somebody that could come over, and we could play with this stuff. It's like a kid's slumber party. Ooh, let's do Lives of Heather, stuff is a board. And I'll just say, this was on a Friday. Yeah. You know, my work week had ended. I'm a nurse. Yeah. It's very tiring. So usually by Friday and the weekends here, I am so ready to just relax. Mm-hmm. But this night, for some reason, when Lady Anne had said, hey, want to play with dolls? <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, I do. (laughs) What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. My first thought was, are you going to make a poppet? Or like, did you make a voodoo doll of me? Like, are you going to heal my sore back? (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's so good. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, so I was pumped. Let's do it. So I get in my car, you know, kids are gone. It's the perfect night to do it. I get here and, you know, we're talking like we always do. One thing that I always wear, I have these beaded bracelets. I wear aquamarine, larvacite, tiger eye, onyx, amethyst, you know, rose quartz. So I had my amethyst one on along with some other ones. So yeah, it was my first time experiencing it. Of course, you see it on TV all the time. But like with most things, when you experience it, it's nothing like... I can see it being close to what it's like on TV. But when you experience something, it's it's a different story. So she puts the headphones on, the doll set up, got the EMF meter, a flashlight. Nothing really happened with the flashlight. I don't recall everything that was said. 
So when I'm in the Estes method, it's like channeling. So you forget. Do you remember the significant points? Because we you had stopped me at one point. <laughs> yes. and we And we had talked about it. So I do know that the EMF reader never went off. The flashlight never had anything happen. The EMF was between Robert and Lily. Yes. And I was sitting behind them with, with the headphones on. I had my head down. My eyes were closed, so I couldn't see anything. It was very strange for me because we weren't in this Estes method for too long. No, it happened I, very much right away. Yeah, before I felt you touch my arm. <laughs> and I was just like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, like, it scared me. Yeah, so what had happened was... I didn't process right away that you don't keep touching person doing it. And I did it because it was something huge. So first thing that happened was, like I said, I, I'd been wearing a purple bracelet and Lady Anne said the word purple. So I was talking to Lily and I asked, you know, do you like my bracelet? And the answers were almost immediate, so that's also how I knew that this was not just random words. She said, I guess. And so I asked, would you like my bracelet? And she said, maybe. So I take my bracelet off, and I kind of put it next to Lily just to see what would happen. And nothing happened, so I took it back. But it was significant because she said purple. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was crazy, and... At that point, I did stop you, I remember, but you did continue. So right. I told you what had happened. Right. Because that was the first significant thing that happened. So something that happens to me when there's a lot of energy around, it's either my hands or my face. But my mm. face will get hot and kind of tingly. And it wasn't warm in the house at all. You know, it wasn't cold. It was like perfect temperature. But I can feel my face start to warm up. So then I knew that there was some major energy in that room. The next thing that happened, she goes back and puts the headphones back on. And I believe that Lady Anne said something like, move it or move him or something with move. I thought, okay, what are you talking about? So moved Robert and I asked Lily, is that better? And I don't remember what the response was. I don't think there was one, but here's the kicker. The most significant thing, you know, besides the purple bracelet that happened with Lily was when I had moved Robert, I put the EMF meter right in front of her feet like not touching. I'm asking questions and nothing's happening. And so I am moving my hand to the EMF meter to move it further away. And I'm less than an inch away from touching it. And Lady Anne blurts out, move it. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. that was the second time that I had stopped her and I didn't move my hand so she could see where it was. Yeah. So she takes the headphones off and it takes me a minute to process and put it into words. Yeah. But yeah. I, <laughs> do you remember I that? I do remember that. And I told her, look at my hand. Do you remember what you just said? And she said, no, she didn't. She asked me what happened and I told her what happened. And I was like, you see my hand, I was getting ready to move it and you blurted out, move it. Right. So right. we went outside we and went outside because I felt a presence here at this place that I am at. 
I had felt it inside the house when we first moved in, but it hasn't come inside the house anymore. It tends to stay outside. So I thought, well, maybe we can try the Estes method outside on the patio and we'll see if this thing communicate with us. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I know that we both got very uncomfortable and we came back inside. Yes. What was it that was said? Because the big significant crescendo that actually made us leave my house. Okay. So you said a bunch of words. First one, there was twins. Mm -hmm. There was 10. And then there was some other numbers. There was exit. Oh, right. right. And when you said exit, at that point, I didn't know... Were you feeling uncomfortable when I, okay, yeah, so I was extremely uncomfortable, you know, I was uncomfortable the entire time because I felt something there, but that was the point where I felt like we were being pushed to go back inside. Right. So then going through the front door, I'm holding the EMF meter and it beeps one time when I walk through the door. Yeah. And there is nothing. We we tried. Yeah. We tried to make that damn thing go yeah. off. Yeah. And it would not go off. So that was very weird. I didn't like that because for me, I'm sitting there going, okay, there could be a completely regular reason why that went off. Or the more crazy reason could be that something was either right by us or it passed within the house or came out of the house mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's, I did not like at all. Cats and, were acting a little weird too when yeah. we got back in. Yeah. Like restless. Right. And so we shut the door. The EMF meter was off. It made the beep, but it was off. That's right. why it was weird. Right. It right. was off. <laughs> I checked. You checked. Yeah. No, it was It was just a very, very uncomfortable... Like, I was done. I was yeah. definitely done at that point. We shut the door, put the EMF reader down. As we're sitting there, we're enjoying, you know, a, a cup of tea. We're sitting there having a conversation. Just random conversation. Trying to unwind our nerves. And so, at one point, we're finally okay. Mm-hmm. And it's calm. And it's quiet. When all of a sudden... We hear, (laughs) oh man, we hear this loud baby cry. Now this made us jump. Because it sounded like it was coming from the freaking hallway in her house. Yeah, yeah. And I immediately, like, we looked at each other. It was terrifying. And I was like, no, don't worry about it. It's okay. My window's open. It's just the twin. And I just looked at her. And I was like, twins. And... (laughs) over at the coffee pot at the clock and I'm just sitting there like are you serious? Like it said twins, it said ten and here one of the twins cried at ten o'clock, right? So what did we do? We exit. (laughs) (laughs) Well I want to add something really quick too. I love being here at this house because it's just feels so comfortable. Like I could fall asleep here no problem. (laughs) I do. It is funny how many people will be here for a couple minutes and they just, it's almost like they have like a high and and they're just like, I don't know what it is. And they're like falling asleep. (laughs) Putting a spell on you. (laughs) I have never once 
you know, when the kids aren't here or whether they're here, you know, it doesn't matter. I've never left here feeling like I shouldn't leave her there alone mm, right. in her own house. But for some reason, I just had this nagging feeling like you need to come home with me. You cannot be here alone tonight. I don't know why, but I just had that feeling. So then we hear the baby cry. Right. Freaks us out because we think it's in the house. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the twins thing comes mm -hmm. up and then the time and mm -hmm. I was seriously like okay you need to come home with me and I <laughs> if you say no I'm gonna drag make there. you yeah <laughs> yeah yep. but she she did and we went to my house and it was an unwind time but it was still unnerving we slept with, with the damn light on <laughs> we did we did, man. It and, was and I so slept good. unnerving. I slept good, though. And yeah. it was the next day, that morning, somehow you and your mom were on the phone. And we told her what happened the night before. That's when she brought up, well, this had happened last night. And this is stuff that has been going on ever since I can remember. It, it's not my childhood home, but I lived there until I was 18. So kind of my childhood home, one of them. And... It's on a street that's very quiet, and it, when we moved in, it was a new development, but they said the land's not old. It always felt very, that whole block, it's just ominous, and it is in one of the old parts of the town. There's a lot of original houses, some of the first houses that were built, so lots of history. On the other side of this street, there's a big field and a forest area. And <laughs> being a teenager, I never tried to analyze what it was. I just knew that I absolutely, I vehemently hated going to get the mail at night when my parents would ask me to because I was terrified. Right. And it was literally one house away. That's it. Not even that far. But it was scary. The garage was scary. You know, it, it always felt like something was going to jump out at you. I swear to you, that's how that entire street felt. So I would always see something that, oh, here comes the goosebumps again. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my mom would always see, it was either a black shadow in the shape of, you know, like a small humanoid. We would see it. It would slither down the sidewalk on the other side of the street like a snake. Sometimes this snake looking thing would bounce on the sidewalk. And sometimes it was jerky movements. And it was terrifying. As I got older, you know, and had my kids, we would go over there and spend the night. And we would always sleep in the living room on the couch. And I always, it never failed. And I remember this as a kid too. My parents always kept the blinds up. I would say about six to eight inches from the windowsill because they had cats and the cats would always get in the window. So I was sleeping on the couch, you know, and it was up against this window and I could turn my head to look outside on the front porch when I would hear footsteps coming up in the middle of the night. I would turn around and look. There would be nobody, nothing there, but I was hearing these footsteps come up and then it touches the doorknob and then Ugh. it just stops. <laughs> That's awful. And it happened all the time. And turns out my youngest one has experienced that too over there. Always heard the footsteps. Always heard something touch the door. 
my mom, even my dad, will hear that doorknob move during the day. And it's it's not the house settling. You right. know, you know the difference between noises and the house settling. A house settling is not going to make the actual doorknob move. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So we wanted to investigate the black things. I, I don't <laughs> even know what, right. what to call them. So that's what we did. You know, my mom was wanting to see us anyway and I knew she wanted to see you because she hadn't seen you in so long yeah so it was kind of like a kill two birds with one stone for her man oh man she didn't care that I was there she wanted (laughs) to see your ass (laughs) it's okay it's okay we know I'm the favorite child it's all right there is a section of woods by the house yes we did go over there and I remember standing at the freaking mouth of this section. It, it was so awful. It was awful. In the middle of the night, number one, and it was so dark. And it looked like you would just descend into another dimension. Almost. Yeah. It literally felt like evil leprechauns, bad fairies, and demons and dogmens were just laying in wait for you there. It literally did. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I remember as a kid going into that field because they had blackberries over there. Yeah. There's something. I always felt there was something bad. Yeah. This particular area is well known to have something being in the woods. A yes. ghost-like man who supposedly has murdered people here in our area. This is the mouth of that area that we are standing in in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Like a hundred feet. Yeah. 200 feet maybe from my parents' house. No yeah. Biggie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, man. So that night, we put up some protection around her parents' house. Yes. And I did some intuitive work on it along with your mom and you and everybody was in the agreement that, yes, there was definitely an energetic change around the house and that everything was going to be fine. So what we decided to do, because we're wanting now to conduct this investigation and... Because we're geniuses <laughs> at this point. After exactly. already being freaked out. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then, and then all the accounts, even from the other people in the other houses, these things are coming down the middle of the street. Yeah. So now because we've put up a barrier, we're not going to do an investigation where it's been protected. Now we're going to go outside of that. So we try the Estes method first. And I'm sitting on the sidewalk, feet in the street where the cars are driving. And I'm sitting right next to you, not touching you, but close to you. Yeah. And I made sure not to be close enough to touch you if I had to move. Right. So just want that noted. Yes. No, exactly. <laughs> and so I put on the headphones. I don't know how long I did it. I think I told you a 10 minute mark, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. So, because I'm still new to it, so I shouldn't be in there too long. So then, you know, 10 minutes seems like a plenty good enough time. So. It was. (laughs) (laughs) That was all we needed. (laughs) So, so I'm in there and here's what's weird. I have done the Estes Method, tried it here alone in my house. I've tried it out when I was in Ohio 
And when you're listening, you can hear all these different voices, but I'm just going to say this. It's a radio where you're just scanning. Now, I can understand if it's weird if you're going backwards because all the words, it's all backwards. Well, going forward and doing it FM, it seems like, okay, well, these are all people voices. Granted, there might be cartoon voices because of commercials and stuff like that. But what came through was this deep voice that I've never heard before. And and here's the thing, too. Like, if you're thinking of the sweep rate, let's say it's a circle, right? And you're coming across one particular station. Let's say one station had a deep man talker on yes. it, right? Yeah. It couldn't have gone through all of them to repeatedly come back to this. Right. And this voice was not human. This was extremely... The only thing I could think of or say is like this alien-like deep voice that... I mean, it's seriously like you watch something off of a movie... And the weirdest part was, again, with my crazy brain, I like to study all kinds of things. Yes. So over the summer, I was trying my best to learn Italian. And I've also looked into Latin and I took Spanish in high school. I had a friend who took French and she was trying to teach me French for a while. I'm not well versed in all these languages. Oh, and my grandparents spoke German. This did not sound like any kind of language or accent that I've ever heard, ever. Like, I couldn't even, my brain couldn't register it to even try to write down how this word would be sounded out, the vowels and the and, and everything. Yes, like, in our tongue. Yeah, it, I could not. And it was so shocking and so different that it really stood out to me, even being in that space. And I'll just say real quick. Yeah. So the house across from my parents' house, in between the houses, it's just like a narrow driveway. That spot in between the houses is where I always saw the shadows come from. Either that or the end of the street. And the house in front of my parents' house has a motion light in the back. I kept seeing it go on and off. And this is late at night. Nobody's back there. I could see. So there's no reason in the world a bug's not going to make it go off. Not like that. Not like that and not as often. Right. No, it's so true. Like, because at one point I remember, I saw it too. And the big thing here for me, and I even hate to say it, but as I'm hearing this voice and trying to call out the things that I hear, I feel, and this is, now let me rewind a little bit. Your father gave us an audio recording device. He did. We do have this recording. Your dad said he would try to, because it's the old-fashioned kind of recorder on a tape, so you got to rewind it, and he's going to have to make it into an audio file somehow so we can let yes. you guys hear this. Yeah, because when we reviewed it, I mean, we could hear a couple things. We had it both up to our ears, you right. know. <laughs> well, the, see, what's so significant about this, though, is it caught what happened. Yes. So here I am. I feel something touch my toes. But here's what's fucking weird about it, okay? And you know what? I don't ever swear on the caravan, but this deserves that, okay? It's because I'm here. <laughs> it's so... No, this is so <laughs> bad. It literally felt like if a slug was to have a finger or something and be able to run the finger down the length of my toe from my foot to the tip of the toe. And it was such a strange sensation, something I've never in my life before felt. I I pull my foot back and I throw the headphones off and I'm damn near accusing you. Yeah. 
And, I, and I, it was because I was so scared. And I'm just like, did you touch me? Was that you? Did you touch me? And I was really in disbelief. And you had no idea what was going on. Because I was still close to you, but right. I hadn't moved. I wasn't anywhere. I didn't touch you. Yeah. And another thing that I'll bring up, too, I think it was right before that had happened. Now, you can hear when you pick up an audio recorder, mm. you know, you're fumbling with it. And the audio picks up on that. I had it in my hand at first. Mm-hmm. But when she started recording... I put it in the middle of us, in between us. That way it wouldn't get touched by either one of us. Right. Now, mind you, we're sitting probably, I'd say about a foot apart, but it's still in between us, not being touched. But right before that had happened, you can hear something like touching or fumbling with the recorder. Yeah, there is audio interference that does not make sense. And if you think about it, it's scary to think about if something had touched it. Yeah. It reached right in between us. Right. To do that. And touched me. Like. Yeah. So it's really weird that I was touched and the recorder was touched within the same time frame. And at that point, I was really scared because I'm going, I've been touched. I've been marked, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh God, I'm screwed now. And so... (laughs) So, so then I'm wanting, I'm like done with the Estes method. We review the tape. We give it to your dad. We decide we're just going to go for a walk. We're going to walk up the street to the stop sign. And then that's when we walked over to the mouth of the freaking yeah. woods. So nothing happened until we got back passing the stop sign. And we're looking behind us and there's this white vehicle. Right. And it pulls yeah. up to the curb. With tinted windows, mind you. And it parks. <laughs> it does. It parked. And then it starts backing up slowly. Yeah, that's right. And when it started backing up, you know, I was thinking, oh, no, no worries about that. It's backing into the driveway. Yes. So yeah, thought nothing of it. Right. We're walking back. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're walking back and that's when I thought something passed underneath the streetlight. We had seen bats. Okay. So I'm thinking, dang, this, these bats are really flying close to our heads. Yeah. But as soon as the shadow went over our heads, we hear Natalie's mother yelling for us. She whistled. We turn around and she said behind you. Yeah. And then I thought I heard her say, did you see that? Yeah. And she said it was a really big shadow. Right. Like, she actually saw this thing in a form go down the road past us, down that dark path between the metal pillars Uh by that house. And we didn't see anything because, it, like I said, it, it was like it was just a bat going underneath the thing, but we didn't see it the rest of the way. Um, yeah, I definitely thought that it was weird that it was so big. And see, that would be the logical thing. Right, right, right. To think, and that's what I would have thought had yeah. my mom not said behind you, did you see that? Oh, yeah. No, for her to see it actually go down the road, we didn't see because we're looking opposite. We're looking at the streetlight. For whatever reason, we see a shadow and the shadow goes this way, but we're still staring at the light right here. Yeah. (laughs) And then we're staring at your mom. So we don't even look. We don't even think to look in the direction that it went. 
I mean, when you are in the moment, you right. know, that's the kind of thing that's going to happen. Yeah. We didn't last long after that. <laughs> no, it was probably like 10 minutes and we were like, yeah, we're, we're bouncing. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were done at that point. And this is when shit got real. It did. Now, I will say previously, when I did Randonautica with another one of my friends, I had something like this happen. So it reminded me of my experience with Randonautica, which I can share later. But that's what I was thinking. But as time has went on, the thought has just become more menacing, really. It is. It's very intimidating. Right, right. If that's even the word you can use to describe it. Right. We get in your vehicle. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get to the stop sign. So it was parked. Facing so the opposite way we were going. It was. Well, it went as soon as we went. Like, yeah. it waited until we passed it. It did. And it started up. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't on when we passed it. I don't remember the lights or anything being on when we drove past it. I don't either. So then all of a sudden, the same vehicle, there was only one vehicle like that on that road. Yeah, that late at night, it was... It was past midnight. Yeah, it was past midnight. Yeah, and there was nobody else out or anything like that. And then we see this vehicle. It is now turned around and it is directly behind us. We hadn't taken any turns. We hadn't crossed where there's any roads that could have come behind us. This was indeed, for a fact, that same car. Yes. So we see that it's behind us. Yeah. So I took a couple turns just going the way I normally do. I didn't do anything special. It was following us the entire time. I think I took two turns. Then we get down a road where we're going for a while. And we decided to take weird turns. Yes. These are weird turns that make you kind of circle around in a neighborhood, not any kind of turn that is going to take you to a highway, freeway, shopping, nothing. Yet. Yes. Right, right. So we actually get to a main road, and again, it's past midnight, so it's not busy, and everywhere that I am going, this car is behind us. So, Falling. yeah. Not tailgating, really, right. but just staying back and Stalking. Which is even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was about to get the guns out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, for real. So then we get to a main road that's always a pretty busy road. Yeah. And I get this bright idea to just pull into, it's a little strip mall kind of area. It's well lit. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a grocery store that's still open. They're yeah. open till like 2, 3 a.m. Right. Yes. I took a few weird turns because the parking lot was pretty empty. There was some people there, but it was not packed. Yeah. So, I t- <laughs> so we snaked around in the parking lot. We did. I did. <laughs> because I wanted to see what the car would do. Yeah. We pulled in. So we took these snaky turns and we pulled in real quick off to the right. The car went forward. It yeah, did. Yeah. I kept my brights on too. And that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. It they... parked facing us. I kept my brights on. With their brights on. Were shining directly at yep. us. And our lights were shining directly at them. It was seriously like a freaking showdown. Mm-hmm. Like what is going to happen now? And we were just like staring at each other for the longest time. Finally, they turned their lights off. Yep. So we turned ours off. Nope, I kept no, my on. Nope, I kept the lights on. Oh, I did ke- you? I kept the brights on. Okay. Because I'm thinking, okay, I don't know how to... <laughs> I don't know how to show this person, I am not scared of you. Right. Okay? You following me? 
Right. That's all you got? Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. I'm going to keep my brights on your ass so you know that I see you. Right. Here's what's really weird. We sit there for a good 10 minutes. It was about five. Yeah. About five minutes? Yeah. Okay. We weren't, so, we weren't there long. So we're sitting there. This person, the tinted windows, it's like there's nobody inside this vehicle. Seriously. You couldn't see anything. No. And that's what's weird because a lot of the times with other people, shoot, as a kid, us growing up in a small town, we go out, we drive around, we're always stopping to get snacks and stuff like that. I've been into grocery parking lots in the middle of the night so many times and you always see yes nobody's gonna necessarily just get out of their car right away however so there's a lot of times where you'll see somebody will either put their dome light on or now mm -hmm. since we have cell phones they're checking their cell phone there was yeah. no face lit up there was no head lit up no there was nothing this vehicle stayed dark did not move nobody opened the door so we're sitting there and finally we're just like okay should we go natalie starts going and i'm watching so that way i can tell her if it starts moving again i'm watching she drives away and it never came after us again no. But the whole time I was watching mm -hmm. because we had a very lonely stretch of very dark road to get home. Yes. We do not live anywhere near any cities or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so it is a ways home and it is dark. I mean, and there were some other cars that did pass us. Yeah. And they lit up behind us and there was no cars behind us. Right. I was watching. <laughs> I know. I kept looking in my back mirror too because yeah. that was so unbelievably sketchy. Just weird. I'm not somebody that believes in coincidences. Right. I don't. Right. And I'm not going to lie. It does take a certain amount of something to freak me out really. But that. Right. It just felt so. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> It did. Because here's the thing, like, what is in the car? Even though that seems weird, okay? Even though that seems strange. Why could we not see you? Right. Yeah. Right. And why are you associated with us doing something strange like that? Yeah. So, of course, my conspiratorial brain and how I like to be a squirrel and think of what ifs and, of course, being an author, so I love to write stories. Mm -hmm. I sit there and go, oh, man, well, if it was an alien and we were dealing with aliens, then it could have been the government and you know <laughs> like you know i'm making up these these ideas like whoa could you imagine if it was this you know i am not going to jump to any conclusions and say that it was anything other than a weird experience yes. however the mind definitely goes on a tangent and was like, man, could you imagine if this or if that or whatever, you know? Well, especially when you're already freaked out. Yeah. Especially when you're, you just had something happen. Oh, yeah. Your adrenaline's pumping and <laughs> yes. then that happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. No, and it's so crazy. Like, it's so funny to be sitting here talking with you about this story. Because just like when I went to Ohio to do the investigation of the infirmary, having something literally, having yeah. their its hand go, like, up the back of my neck and in my hair, right? Ugh, or back of my head, geez. in my hair. I can go back in and I can deal with that stuff. But for, and anybody that hasn't heard the episode, it was episode number 307 over on Into the Fray Radio with Shannon LeGrow. Heather and I were interviewed about our recent possible Sasquatch or whatever it could have been experience over in Ohio that happened in August this year, 2021. 
And yet there are things like that that can totally shake me. Like I can go deal with aliens, ghosts, and stuff like that. And hey, we can go on adventures again. We could go to do Randonautica. We can all this kind of stuff. But there are definitely still things out there, especially the first time, that is going to just leave me really questioning my entire reality, questioning right. the world that we live in. And again, it goes back to, again, I'm always going to be shocked. Everything is always going to be the first time. So. Yep, I agree. Here we are, one of the longest caravan episodes that I've done in a long time. We have just hit the two-hour mark in the raw recording here. It is a beefy one, and I'm so excited to see the final cut. That's going to be amazing. You guys can definitely expect to have Natalie back on with us, because she is my adventure partner. So <laughs> we will definitely have more stories to tell, that's for sure. Oh, there will always be more stories and synchronicities. So I want to thank you all for coming back inside the caravan. This is our last full moon episode before we kick off the Lortober season with the return of the caravan. I am so excited. I feel like it's been forever. And so I, I cannot wait. We already have several episodes recorded that I cannot wait to air for you. It will be every Tuesday airing at... Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. we'll air another caravan episode during our season, which starts 1st of October, and it will run until the 1st of January. We'll be back to our full moon episodes until the spooky season returns. So again, you can find us on Facebook under the Caravan Library of Lore. We have a Facebook page. We have a group. We also have KPNL Radio that has a group page and a regular just Facebook page. If you have any experiences that you want to share or questions that you want to ask or you're interested in any intuitive readings, tarot readings, rune readings, you can email me at thecaravanoflore at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram. I have a personal one that's Lady and Celine. We've got KPNL and we've got Caravan and I am also on Twitter. I am mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on with me. It's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to have you back on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been so amazing, and I thought we were going to laugh a lot more, but we actually did pretty good. So We did! We did! High five <laughs> Yeah, no, I was definitely worrying about that, too, because this is the first in-person recording that I've ever done with anyone, and the whole time, again, with the way that I am, especially with my friends and the laughter, I was sitting there going, oh, man, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't know how we're going to be able to, but we did it. I we didn't did think it. we were going to, yeah. but we did. <laughs> we did. We, we did, did it. it. <laughs> so exciting. All right, guys, thank you so much. Have a great night. Have a great night.
Deepest desire. 